unencumbered by political correctness, undeterred in her mission to spread the truth, unafraid to be a true conservative. She's unapologetic, uncompromising, unwavering, and an undeniably powerful voice when we need it most. This is my fight song. This is Rose Unplugged. My power's turned Welcome to this episode of Rose Unplugged. Joining me today is Vice President of Legal Affairs, and he is he works with Liberty Council. And gosh, they have got so much going on right now. I don't think they ever expected to be this busy. Who could have predicted this? But we are going to talk about the lawsuits that they have in New York and Maine. I want to just pick his brain on some other things as well. Please welcome to the show, Roger Gannam. Roger, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Rose. Glad to be here. You know, I have to say, I really appreciate what you're doing, what Liberty Council is doing. There are so many people affected by the mandates. Biden is systematically destroying this country by these vaccine mandates. I mean, we can't afford to lose our military, our first responders. You know, there's a threat to our health, our safety and security and the economy. Even if if, if we destroy these factions of our society, what can we expect? We're losing people left and right, employees, people that protect our health, protect our nation. Well, that's a really great question. And you know, we already saw in kind of phase one of the government COVID overreach when uh, the, the draconian lockdowns around the country shut down even churches, which right. uh, really led to Liberty Council's first getting involved uh, in pushing back uh, against these mandates. Uh, but we saw the the harm of the economy that came from that. That was really unnecessary um, and and really inexcusable, uh, especially as more data started coming in. Uh, now we have the government uh, and many large employers um, deciding that that they want to try again with these vaccine mandates. That, as you pointed out, will have a a very big effect on the economy uh, because it's driving good employees out of the workplace. Uh, and in, I'll give an example in places like New York and Maine, where all healthcare workers have been told they must be vaccinated with no exceptions. Um, it's not like those employees who object to getting a vaccine can just go get another healthcare job across the street. They're literally going to be frozen out of the industry where they where they have training, where they have experience. And so you're going to see good employees uh, taken out of the workforce, taken away from the, the vocations that they're good at. And, uh, and that's going to, to harm us, uh, no doubt. Yeah, I don't understand who thought this was going to be a good idea. When, when you tell the health providers, the healthcare responders, the, those who take care of us and who were, by the way, willing to go out there and, and risk their own lives, especially when the pandemic first broke and we didn't know enough about it and, and people were getting sick left and right. Many of the healthcare workers were also getting sick, but they showed up for work. Now we're telling them that while we considered you a hero at the time, right now we are considering you selfish because you refuse to get the vaccine. How can we do that? How can we say that to those people who have made it their lifetime commitment to take care of others, who took an oath to take care of others? It's really unconscionable, uh, especially because, as you pointed out, uh, they have been hailed as heroes, rightly, for the better part of two years. Yes. And what they've been doing for those two years is taking extra precautions to make the workplace safe, uh, not only for their, their colleagues, but especially for patients. And there's no reason why they can't continue to do that. 
the fact of the matter is, um, you know, a high percentage, the majority of most uh, workforces, uh, whether it's in healthcare or other sectors, have voluntarily taken the vaccine. And that's that's great that, that right. they have had the ability to make that decision right. for themselves. But I think we should take a step back and ask the question, if the vaccine uh, is is worth it. In other words, if if it's a no-brainer that the, the risks of the vaccine are outweighed by its benefits, why are so many employees in healthcare huh. opposed to taking it? Exactly. Uh, and I think that ought to give us some pause. And at the end of the day, there's no reason why employers can't simply make vaccination voluntary. They, they can recommend it. They can give incentives for getting vaccinated if they believe that's going to make their workplaces safer. But uh, I just don't think that there's any justification for the mandatory vaccination, especially when you think about this. Almost all employers will give some kind of medical exemption if you can demonstrate that right. there's a medical reason why you shouldn't receive a vaccine. But COVID doesn't know the difference between an unvaccinated employee who has a medical reason and an unvaccinated employee who has, for example, a religious reason for right. not wanting it. Um, and so if it's safe to have unvaccinated employees for medical reasons, um, it's no more dangerous to have unvaccinated employees who have other objections. To great argument. Yeah. That's why you're a lawyer and I'm not. But yeah, you're right. That's a great <laughs> argument. But, and you had mentioned earlier that some of the cases that you're seeing, particularly in New York, um, it is with no exception. So you can't even claim a medical or religious um, exception, can you, or exemption? Well, that, yes, that's that's why the New York and Maine cases are so egregious. What you have there uh, are governors, uh, Governor Mills in Maine, Governor Hochul, the new governor in New York, who are basically saying every healthcare worker must get vaccinated. Uh, they will allow for for medical uh, exemptions, but they're they're being stingy uh, across the board, uh, even with those. But the bottom line is, they said that there will be no religious exemptions which violates the U.S. Constitution, the First wow. Amendment Free Exercise Clause, and it violates Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which is the federal workplace non-discrimination law. Um, a governor can't simply say the First Amendment and federal law don't apply in our state. But and that's yet they what do. the governors of New York and Maine have done. Yes, and yet they do. So you have lawsuits right now you're, you, that you can discuss, I believe, in both New York and Maine, what? How do you think that's going to play out? Well, in, interestingly, in New York, uh, in another lawsuit that's like ours, uh, uh, the trial court has already entered an injunction called a temporary restraining order against the governor of New York and the New York state officials, uh, preventing them from enforcing their mandate. The problem is, is that this mandate's already on the books, and many of the private employers, the hospital systems and the healthcare facilities, had already had a schedule for implementing this vaccine mandate. So people are already being fired in New York. People wow. are already being fired in Maine. Uh, people who had legitimate grounds to request an exemption from the mandate, uh, but it was denied because of these governor's unlawful orders. So we are continuing to litigate. We have a hearing coming up in New York uh, in the middle of October. And uh, we will have, uh, we're waiting on a decision in Maine. We've already had a hearing there. Uh, to see how the, the trial court judges are going to handle um, these unlawful edicts from the governor. Liberty Council is committed to appealing the orders if they go the wrong way. 
And just like we did over the summer with the church lockdowns, uh, we're committed to taking these all the way to the Supreme Court if we have to, because it seems like only the Supreme Court uh, can get the attention of these state governors right. and, and explain to them and teach to them that you know the Constitution still applies even in a pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're talking to Roger Ganim. He is vice president of legal affairs for Liberty Council, who is doing great work. I mean, I just appreciate so much what you and the council are doing. Uh, you know, I mean, there are problems all over the place. And I think that it's really starting to hit home because we're hearing more and more stories. A friend of mine is a doctor um, in, in my area. And he called and told me that he probably won't be working where he's working after the end of October because he is not going to get the vaccine. Now, he has had COVID because he was treating people, you know, for the last two years. Um, I believe he had COVID even before the vaccines were readily available or widely available. Um, so, and he chose to continue. He chose to work during that time and he chose to work after that time um, because he wants to save lives. He wants to help people. So here, you know, we, we talk about, you know, you hear the stories. Gosh, there are um, the firefighters right now um, are really fighting against this, too, because uh, Florida firefighters um, are afraid they're going to lose their jobs because of the vaccine mandates. And these are people, again, we talked about this, who risk their lives to save others. And now um, they are being told that they will lose their job. So many of them have children and families and mortgages and, you know, and and these are people that run into a burning building. I'm not going to run into a burning building. Who does that? Our heroes. And our heroes are being punished because they feel that they want to make a decision for themselves regarding the vaccine. It absolutely should be up to them. My God, Roger, did you ever think, when you think about this, okay, let's think for a moment. Police, the fire, the military, our doctors, first resp- all of our first responders. What happens when we lose these people? You know, one-third of Navy SEALs say they don't want to get that jab who's going to defend america how many of these firefighters really feel strongly about not getting that vaccine who's going to go into burning buildings do you when you put all of this together we are creating a very big mess a very big mess there's no doubt about it and and if we take a step back and look at the fact that it's it's all of these public servants and, and people involved in healthcare who have been uh, as we pointed out, just doing heroic work over the last two years, um, they're the ones who are, who are bearing the brunt of this and who don't, you know, as groups of them, don't want to be forced into taking these vaccines. And, and, and many have voluntarily, like we said, but you, you make a great point that, that we're really putting ourselves in trouble um, by taking these people off the board, so to speak, uh, right. removing firefighters, removing police, removing members of the military, um, who not only will are facing, you know, remo- you know, termination or, or, or removal from the military, but removal with a dishonorable discharge, you know, making them almost unemployable. Um, it's going to have a massive effect on our economy. And it's and it's really punishing towards people that don't deserve to be punished. These are people who deserve our thanks. They deserve our honor and they deserve our accommodation at the very least. And and, and that's what the law requires. Uh, which takes us back to why we are suing the states of New York and Maine and why we have some others in the pipeline that we will probably bring soon. Um, But it's also the reason why every day we take hundreds of calls from regular people, employees at hospitals, employees at other types of uh, companies who just want to, to have the opportunity to get what the law entitles them to, which is 
consideration of their exemption requests if they have sincerely held religious beliefs against getting one of these vaccines. Did you ever in your lifetime, Roger, think that you would be facing something like this, that you would be out there representing these people? Did you ever think that in this country where we were to live free, we were determined to live free from the time our founding fathers sacrificed all that they did? Did you ever think for a moment that you would have to be out there fighting something like this for people's livelihoods, for their income, their well-being, their welfare? Did you ever? The answer is no. And and you could have asked me this a year ago and I would have said, no, I never imagined we'd see police action uh, breaking up church meetings on a Sunday. Uh, I never would have expected to see police giving people tickets for being in a parking lot church service on Easter Sunday, which is exactly what we saw in the state of Kentucky uh, when when all of this started. So, yeah, I I was surprised then and and I'm even more surprised now that we're fighting against these you know, mandatory vaccines. And, and you know, and it's not so much that I'm surprised that that certain um, that, that politicians with a certain worldview whose, whose instinct uh, is to control and direct. It's not I'm so much surprised that they would try this. What's really surprising is how many Americans just don't think it's a problem. Uh, even if you 100 percent believe that getting one of these vaccines is is the right thing to do. And they can make persuasive arguments for that. Um, no one should be okay with the government mandating it um, across the board for so many uh, millions of Americans. Uh, and that's what I think is so surprising is we sort of lost touch with the, the, the thing that makes America unique, the thing that makes America exceptional is that we view our rights as given by God and not as given by the government. Amen. Um, but you get a little scared or worried about COVID, and all of a sudden, you know, please restrict us. You know, please restrict my neighbor. Please Take away my freedom. Yes, right. exactly. Um, that's what's so surprising and disappointing. And it just shows we have a lot of work to do to, to speak to the culture and to, yeah. uh, to educate the culture. that This isn't right, and you shouldn't be okay with this. You know, you, that, you make a great point, and, and really, it's up to us because the schools are not teaching our children our history. They don't know the, the sacrifices that were made for them to live in a free country and how easily, I, in, in many ways, I'm, I'm surprised we lasted as long as we did, this republic. But, you know, it, a thought occurred to me, Roger, and I want to share it with my audience, and, and then before we go, I'd love for you to tell my audience, um, you know, if they need help or know someone who does, who they can talk to and how to get in touch with you and others at Liberty Council. But let's think about this for a moment. Our police officers, they are in the line of fire. When they put the uniform on every day, they don't know what they're going to face. It's dangerous. Our firefighters who put a uniform on every day, who are called upon to run into a burning building, that's scary. Our military who have faced enemies that you and I can't even imagine and warfare that you and I could never imagine. Our doctors and nurses who put their own safety and health on the line to save your life. If some of these people are less afraid, if they're not afraid of the being in the line of fire, running into a burning building, facing unheard of and unseen enemies like those in the military, They are unafraid of all of those things. Are they not allowed to be unafraid of COVID? Are they not allowed to assess their own risk when it comes to COVID 
as they do when they put themselves in the line of fire, when they run into a burning building, when they stand there protecting our country and freedom all over the world. Do they not have the right then to assess their risk where the COVID vaccine is concerned? Yeah, that's a really great point. And, you know, it's almost as if they, our, our government officials are, are legislating fear. They're telling yes. us that, that we're supposed to be afraid. Yes. Um, and, you know, if, we, if, if they can't make the case to persuade Americans to get one of these vaccines um, with facts, with reason, um, if they can't make that case, then they're perfectly willing to resort to force and coercion. And um, and as you pointed out, uh, we we should pay attention to our first responders and our healthcare workers who 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 don't want to get one of these vaccines. Um, at the very least, it demonstrates that it, it's reasonable to to ask the question whether they should get it. You know, it's reasonable to to have an objection to it, as demonstrated by so many people who who know what this disease looks like on the inside of a hospital. You know, they know what this what it looks right. like. Uh, out, you know, out in our communities, they're not uneducated and they're not ignorant about what it really does. And yet, so many of them still don't. Would rather, you know, take other precautions and, and take other safety protocols rather than get one of these uh, one of these shots. Yeah. Um, we should take that seriously. And uh, and as you point out, they they deserve our our they deserve at the very least our accommodation, if Amen. not our our honor. So, um, so yeah, it, it's really sad what they're facing and the ones who are calling us afraid of losing their jobs that they love, um, who aren't, you know, who take seriously safety and take seriously the, the well-being of the community, um, but they don't want to be forced to take one of these shots. God help them. Oh, God help them. Roger, what can people do? You know, I, we all now know someone whose job is threatened now because of the mandate uh, or several mandates. What can they do? Well, if you're an employee who is facing a, a shot mandate, uh, if you work, if your employer has 15 or more employees, you're covered by federal law. If you work for the government, you're you're additionally covered by the Constitution, and your employer has to give you an accommodation. They have to give you a process at least to request a religious accommodation. And at our website lc.org/exempt, we've uh, accumulated a lot of resources for employees, uh, for students at universities who are facing these mandates. Um, you can find a lot of information there on how to protect your rights. Uh, we've been we've been doing conference calls. You can find out information at our website about those to kind of answer some of the the basic questions about exemptions from shot mandates. But um, the the government gives you a remedy, and it, it can take a long time to to get through that process. It's through the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. You can find information about that at our website. So there's many things you can do to protect yourself right now, um, and what we found is, you know, we can't possibly help every individual who, who gets in touch with us because, like I said, it's hundreds a day. But we're doing our best to, to file strategic lawsuits to help as many as possible uh, with the resources that we have. And we'll probably file a few more of those uh, in the near future. Um, but if we see a lot of employees from a particular employer who are getting a hard time, uh, we might send a demand letter to that employer educating the employer on its obligations uh, under the various laws involved. And we've seen some good success from those. Uh, sometimes within hours of sending our letter, oh, wow. the employers change their ways. Others want to dig in and make it hard. And, uh, and you know, whatever situation an employee uh, finds him or herself in, 
um, we can provide some resources at least to, to help navigate that process. That's wonderful. And I understand, too, that you do have forms available at lc.org uh, if someone is looking for a medical or religious exemption. Uh, That's correct. They can find those forms at lc.org. So it's lc.org slash, slash exemption or exempt. I'm sorry. lc.org slash exempt. Slash That's exempt. Right. Um, Roger, we're talking to Roger Gannam of Liberty Council. Thank you so much again for joining us. And thank you for what you do. You're doing God's work. And we appreciate well, thank you. you. Thank you for having me and for giving me a chance to, to tell everyone about us. And, uh, and God bless you too for, for your work. Thank you. This episode of Rose Unplugged is brought to you by My Pillow. Look, I've known Mike Lindell for a very long time. You know him as someone who is unafraid to stand up for the Republic. And so I ask that you stand up for him and visit MyPillow.com. Listen, I have got their sheets, the Giza sheets. It's like a dream. And you do dream very nicely on the Giza sheets and the MyPillows, of course. And they've got the dog beds. My, My buddy Tucker has got a MyPillow dog bed and he loves it. Listen, there's so much there at MyPillow.com. All you need to do is go there and when you order something, plug in ROSE in the promo code area and you will get up to 66% off on some items. So go to MyPillow.com, put in promo code ROSE. Thank you for supporting MyPillow as they support me. Today's podcast is brought to you by Hemp Lily, your journey more joyful. Hemp Lily helps women in menopause find harmony and balance again, naturally. Use code ROSE for 25% off your entire first order at hemplily.com, hemplily.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Hemp Lily, your journey more joyful. Hemp Lily helps women with changing bodies find harmony and balance again with products infused with the amazing hemp plant. You can find them at hemplily.com. If you're going through peri or menopause and you're looking for safe and natural alternatives for symptom relief, Give Hemp Lily a try. In their recent menopause study, over 73% of participants found relief in six or more areas. They offer free lifetime consultations and a money-back guarantee. Use code ROSE for 25% off your entire first order at HempLily.com. The Rose Unplugged podcast is brought to you on behalf of millions of listeners and patriots. It is produced by Rose Tennant and Jumpstart Strategies with sound design by Justin Corbin.